0: We learn how to relate, and whether it be lack of understanding, whether it be uh, misguided beliefs, whether it be just an evil heart, sometimes relationships can become very strained and they can become very volatile, they can become very toxic, simply because we don't understand or know how to relate to one another. Now, of course, there's no perfect relationship, we know that, because we're human beings and we all make mistakes. But with that being said, just because we make mistakes doesn't mean that we have to continue in that way. Something done wrong doesn't have to be continually done wrong. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, Our subject on today will be polygamy. Yes, you heard that right, polygamy. I want to talk about it because it's all over the internet now, um, you have different people coming out with these relationships. One woman, two men. Uh, uh, one man, two women. And there's even a couple that are actually trying to recruit other men that have this this belief or this, this character, characteristic, I'll call it. Really, it's, it's a spiritual thing. But they want to... Gather and get a group. I guess I'm not sure what for. Maybe they're trying to get a law passed. Not sure. But at any rate, he refers to a term called polyamorous when he spoke about it, and this is the the definition of that is a person who has sex with more than one person of the same or different genders. And he was given a long list of reasons why a person may be a polyamorous. And I'm assuming that that was a prelude to saying, hey, you need to come on this side and do polygamy since you're this polyamorous person, because this person apparently cannot stay with one person and be in a committed relationship. And if that's you, then you need to come on over to the polygamy side. That's what it sounded like to me, uh, sales pitch. But at any rate, just wanted to talk about some of the comments that were made once uh, uh he made this pitch some people said well you know what they do reflects their life what happens in their home is their own business uh our opinions you know and others opinions don't matter uh but the problem with that is here we have them on social media they're actually putting their business out and anytime you do something in the public the public's going to react you're going to get an opinion you're going to get some kind of feedback if you put it out there and and let everybody know about it. So, I mean, there's really no way to stop that once you put it out in the public. That's, That's the public. So they should look for, whether it be negative or positive, some type of feedback because they chose to do it that way. And apparently they want everybody to know their business or they're seeking a lot of attention. I don't know which one. Some of the points I wanted to make about polygamy is because we know in the states it's against the law. There are some states, however, that do permit it, but not many. Uh, they are allowed to marry more than one. I do not believe because this gentleman lives in the U.S. He's married to one, and I think the other is a live-in side chick, but he's calling it a relationship with them both. So, But I, I don't believe he's married to both of them because he would go to jail for that here. But if he were able to marry both of these women, say it was legal, um, according to the word of God, it shouldn't be. A lot of people refer to the Old Testament uh, when you talk about uh, marriage because Moses was given the law of divorce. Because in the Old Testament, there were marriages to to many different people. Usually it was a man or king or something, it was a a male that had a, a harem of women that he chose to marry. The law of marriage was given, but there was no law of divorce at that time before Moses. So when the law of marriage was given, the loophole in there that they found was it didn't say how many. So men decided, you know, well, as long as I marry her and make her a wife, we're good to go. I can do as many as I want. So they weren't breaking the law, per se, because it didn't give you a number. But what started happening was these women uh, uh, accumulated. And, of course, you know you got a long line of women and one guy. I mean, he's just one guy. I don't care how virile he is. There was no Viagra back then. One guy. So eventually somebody's going to go without. And what you have is a, a group of women who are held captive under the commitment of marriage to one man. And then his commitment can be to whichever one of them he chose at the time. So obviously there's going to be somebody neglected. There's going to be somebody that that does not get attention, whether it be sexually or otherwise, so then their needs are not being met. So you have all these women. They can't go out and, and, and get other men because they are wives. So they're basically in this marital prison waiting on this guy to get up enough energy or or pay them some attention or whatever he chose to do. And if he chose to not pay them any attention, what if he just lost complete, which does happen, he lost complete attraction for that one because he's got two or three more new ones, then she was just stuck. Doesn't sound like a happy life to me. Besides that, this probably incited quite a bit of, of jealousy quite a bit of competition between these women for his affections i don't see how it couldn't if you look in the bible when you look at abraham when sarah decided to take hagar and use her to facilitate a baby for her because she couldn't have one she was barren and it all worked out as far as her having the baby but once she got pregnant she started feeling some type of way about sarah and sarah kind of picked up on it and she didn't like it and sarah was like oh she's acting funny towards me like you know she's better than me or maybe abraham favors her more than me so sarah decided you know what abraham you need to put her out and then i think one day she caught her son making fun of her son once they got older and she oh no she cannot stay here so that competition is going to arise when it comes to more than one woman and that's just human nature So the point of of saying that is that because they found these loopholes, God said, okay, Moses, I'm going to give you a law of divorcement. So Jesus said, because of the hardness of men's hearts, because their hearts got hardened towards these women, you know, they had them for a while and they didn't like them anymore. They grew cold against them and they didn't want them. So these women were locked down in this marriage, unhappy, and this guy had no time for them anymore. So Give them a law of divorcement that will free them. If he doesn't want them anymore, he can send her away. But she'll be sent away whole, so to speak. And she'll be sent away legally, uh, uh, freed from, from this marriage. So that's when divorce came into play. In the New Testament, Jesus discussed with the Jews the topic of marriage. He was asked, you know about the situation, what is marriage, for this reason. And he gave this uh, information to them when they talked about marriage. He said in Mark 10, 7 through 8, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Two become one. Now, he's specifically giving numbers here. He said two become one. He's not saying three or four. He's not saying five or six. He's saying two. So obviously the, the design of God for marriage was one male, one female, two becoming one. He made that clear there. But these men were had harems simply because they were greedy. That's just my opinion. I feel like they were greedy. Okay. First Corinthians, seven chapter, second verse. Jesus said, I mean, yeah, Jesus said, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. And no, that was not Jesus saying that. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. And then in Matthew, Jesus said, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. Now, many people believe that fornication is something that's kept at singles. Only single people can fornicate. That is a misconception. That is an old tradition, and it is not accurate. We know that now because we just read Matthew 9 and 19. Jesus said, I'll read it again, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. He's addressing married people here. So fornication cannot be something that is only directed at single people. He's talking about a married person fornicating, and because of that, it gave their spouse grounds to separate legally, understood even in the, in, in, in God's eyes, because they defiled the bed. Sex is the bond of marriage, and sex also can break that bond. Marriage is a covenant. The covenant is broken when it is broken because sex is done with someone outside of that commitment, which is fornication. More than one. You have more than one sex partner. And that's the reason that he was talking to married people concerning it. So we know that fornication, that's what it means. More than one. Also in the book of John, a chapter 41 jesus conversation with the jews and they wanted to kill him by the way he said you do the deeds of your father then they said to him we be not born of fornication we have one father even god so he's addressing men that are looking to kill him it was the pharisees the religious leaders they were jealous and 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 saw the miracles and they, they weren't having it so they said you know we have one father what do you mean because he was telling them, you're of your father, and he meant Satan, the devil. But they were saying, we're, we have one father. What we're seeing here is a, a perverse uh, situation. Anytime that something is not used for the purpose that it was created for, it is considered perverted. And God created marriage between a man and a woman, and the two should become one in the act of sexual intercourse. Anything outside of that is perverting that very design. Also, we have women who are locked into relationships with one man who is, for whatever reason, not able maybe to even foster that relationship or or, or tend to that woman. And so, obviously, her needs are going to go unmet, and then that would incite homosexuality because she's going to probably turn to the next human being because we're relational creatures. And I'm not saying that happened in every scenario, but I'm willing to bet you it happened in quite a few. Also, when you're in a relationship with a man and two women, and that seems to be more acceptable nowadays than a woman and two men, if they're all three Uh, uh, engaging, that would make the women lesbians and that would make the men homosexuals. So again, you still have a perversion within or trying to be within the bounds of marriage. But God put sex in the bounds of marriage because he knew the potency of it, the power of it. It bonds two together. Jesus said two become one. How can three or four become one? God didn't design it that way. We have to be careful with our liberties, just because we have the freedom to do what we want does not mean that what we want to do is the right thing to do. So in conclusion, the devil has perverted the minds and the hearts of men since the beginning, and he's still doing it. The reason these people don't keep their ungodly perverse sex lives to themselves is because it's a means of recruiting also. They're going to hell if they don't stop, And that's not a judgment. God said they would not inherit the kingdom of God. That means they're not going to go to heaven. And they seek to trick and deceive as many souls as they can to go with them. Polygamy is a combination of homosexuality and heterosexuality, which is another sexual version in rebellion against God. So they take the design of God and they pervert it and rebel against him by doing things that He didn't create them to do or that He didn't create us to do. We don't want to offend God with our lives. We want our lives to align up with His Word. And it's important that we understand what His Word is against and what it's not against. Because I pray, God, I want to love what you love and hate what you hate because I love Him. I don't hate any people, but there are spirits and acts going on, and they're actually influenced by the devil. I do hate him. We have to pray and ask God to bring ungodly desires in us because flesh is ungodly in its nature. Bring ungodly desires in us, subject to to the will and the law of God that is my prayer for myself and hopefully that is your prayer for you you and I pray that that's your prayer and if it's not that it will become your prayer because we want to see God's face in peace the Bible said it's appointed on a man once to die but after this is the judgment we'll be judged for the deeds that we've done in our bodies And we don't want to have done or want to be judged for deeds that go against the will of God because then we won't see him in peace. We'll be judged and we'll be thrown into hell. There are many people that don't believe that hell is a reality, but I believe it's a reality. And whether you don't believe it or not does not make it not so. And you can say, well, ma'am. Whether you do believe it or not doesn't make it not so. And you are right. But I would rather be wrong about it than to be right about it. So that concludes this first podcast. And I will be coming back again with another subject. This is a bi-weekly podcast. And we will be digging into some relational things. Some topics that, that I think we really need right now concerning relationship. So you stay tuned, subscribe, and we're going to hang out again. See you next time.